You bless us, Lord God, with our help and our strength, Lord God. You kept us safe, Lord God. And we thank you for your goodness and your mercy, Lord God, that you called us by name this morning, Lord God. And you touched us and you woke us up this morning, Lord God. And we just want to praise you, Lord God. Praise you for everything that you do, Heavenly Father. And know that the joy of the Lord is our strength, Heavenly Father, Lord God. For without you, Lord God, we can do nothing, Heavenly Father. And we know that our joy is from everlasting to everlasting, Lord God, because it comes from you. And we thank you for the unspeakable joy. We want to thank you, Lord God, for your hedge protection. We want to thank you, Lord God, for being our provider, Lord God. We want to thank you, Lord God, for being our healer, Lord God, and our deliverer, Lord God. For you brought us from a mighty long ways, Lord God. And we're also thankful this morning, Lord God, that we're able, Lord God, to praise you this morning. And we thank you, Lord God, that the devil thought he had us, Lord, had us, Lord God. But you uh, uh, you subdued him, Lord God, and placed him beneath our feet, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we will always have victory in you, Lord Jesus. We want to thank you for that precious blood that was shed for us, Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you went to the cross for us, for our sins. And you died and arose on the third day. And we know that you sit at the right hand of our Heavenly Father, making intercession for us. You have all power in heaven and on earth, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord Jesus. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And your praises will continually be in our mouth, Heavenly Father. And we worship you this morning, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for this blessed day. We thank you for this blessed, wonderful service, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for everyone, Lord God, that's here this morning. And we thank you, Lord God, for blessing each and every one, Lord God, to join us this morning, Heavenly Father. Those that may be on the way, Lord God, and we thank you, Lord God, for each and every one of them, Lord God, and we just lift them up to you this morning, Lord God, and as you, Lord God, continue to bless them, Lord God, continue to hear our prayers, Lord God, continue to walk by our side, Lord God, continue to hold us, hold us up with your righteous right hand, Lord God, and continue, Lord God, to guide us, Lord God, through everything, Lord God, and we ask and pray that your will be done, Heavenly Father, Lord God. Not our will, but your will, Heavenly Father, because we know that your will is perfect, Heavenly Father. And you know the best for us, Lord God. And we thank you for hearing prayers, and we thank you for answering prayers, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you for all that you do, Heavenly Father. And Lord God, and we pray, Heavenly Father, also that you will bless our pastor this morning. And we thank you, Lord God, for the word that you have given her this morning. And we know, Lord God, when she opened her mouth, Lord God, that you will fill it, Lord God. And we thank you for the anointing upon the word and the anointing upon the messenger this morning, Heavenly Father. And we ask you, Lord God, continue to bless our pastor, Lord God, in every way. And thank you for all that she does, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father. And we ask you, Lord God, to bless each and every one and everyone's family that's represented here this morning, Heavenly Father. And Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, that someone, Lord God, that may join us, Lord God, that needs to be saved, will be saved, Heavenly Father. For the day is the day of salvation, Heavenly Father. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that you are greatly to be praised. We worship you, Lord God. We honor you. And the devil is alive. And we bind up the enemy this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. And we command the enemy to flee right now in the name of Jesus. That he will not disrupt or disturb this service, Lord God. The blood of Jesus against the enemy right now, Lord God, and he will not stand against us, Lord God, because you are our shield all around us, Lord God. 
you are our glory, Lord God, and the one who will lift, us, lift up our head, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are our strong tower, Lord Jesus. And we will continue to take up the whole arm of God. And we will continue, Lord God, to walk in victory, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. And we can do all things to Christ who strengthens us, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for your joy this morning and your peace. And we worship you and we honor you. And we adore you and magnify your holy name. And we give you all honor and all glory and all praise in the mighty name of Jesus Christ this morning. And we say amen. 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 Praise God. Well, again, I'm thankful this morning. So glad to see you all. And we're going to uh, let Deacon Carlin lead us in some worship. If you can sing along, that's fine. She sings beautifully. So either way, we're going to have her uh, lead us in a little uh, praise and worship, a couple of songs. Uh, uh, Deacon will be fine. And then we'll go into our, our uh, <clears throat> sermon. Jesus is on the main line. Tell him what you want. Jesus is on the main line. Tell him what you want. Jesus is on the main line. Tell him what you want. Why don't you call him up and tell him what you want? Yeah. 
Somebody don't have it on mute.
Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. That is a holy but giddy. I love that song. And you know, the most interesting part of that is, is that I was going to ask you <laughs> to, uh, to sing the Lord's Prayer, but this is exactly what God wanted you to do. You did what he wanted you to do, but my heard in the spirit was prayer, and I thought, oh, I'll ask her to say the Lord's, sing the Lord's Prayer, because she does that beautifully. She can do it a cappella, and that's a hard song to sing. <laughs>
<clears throat> returning to California. Not that I didn't know it was in there, because uh, we were, uh, we had a class called Old Testament Survey. And I got an A in that class because the professor started out by asking us to, to memorize the, all the Old Testament. And uh, I'm a Baptist raised girl. And uh, one thing that they do is get you to know the word early. You may not understand everything, but they have what they call Bible training union uh, that they have with the young people in the evening, on Sunday evenings at that time. And uh, the brother that uh, uh, was over that was uh, the father of my best friend. And so he would do contests with us. He had little treats, and he would have us learn the books of the Bible. And so I knew that I was going to get an A on my midterm and Old Testament survey because that was what we had to do. We had to learn the Old Testament books and be able to, you know, take this uh, final. So. Anyway, but when I came back to California, uh, I was kind of uh, not uh, situated yet. And so when I came back, I had I looked like the Beverly Hillbillies. I had a car. I had a 1981 Mustang, and it was full of clothes and blankets and what happened. Uh, and uh, I was uh, located at my daughter's for a short time. And I never unpacked my car because I knew that was not going to be where I was living. So eventually I got a storage and then I, I did share housing for a while before I got an apartment of my own. So in order to have some time to meditate and read the Bible and do the things that I was accustomed to doing before I came back, I would go by the duck pond. Now, if you know anything about East Palo Alto, the duck pond is a little area there off of uh, East Bay Shore Road. Uh, and it's kind of, you know, they have some little uh, wild ducks. I guess those ducks are wild. I don't know. But anyway, it's a quiet place to go. And I actually was down there reading uh, and studying one Saturday morning. And these two men pulled up behind me, and they thought that I was in distress. So one of them got out of his car to see if he needed to help me. And when he looked in my window, I was reading my Bible, and he said to the other man, oh, my God, she's reading her Bible. <laughs> like, that was, oh, so special. And so I let the window down, and he said, do you need some help? And I said, oh, no, I came out here to pray and meditate and read my word. And he said, oh, well, we're members of Menlo um, Presbyterian Church, so if you don't have a church home, uh, please come and join us. And I explained to him that I was just back home from Bible college, and at that time I was affiliated with Jubilee, but because I wasn't settled in, I needed to have some quiet time, as that was where I would go to have my quiet time and be able to study and do those kinds of things. So in this book of Habakkuk, God gave me to read this third chapter, which is really a prayer. It's a psalm. That's what it really is. And, but it is a prayer. And this man, Habakkuk, was one of the 
would call minor prophets. There's not a lot known about him, but uh, uh, this is the, the time when God is going to use uh, Babylon to judge Judah. And uh, so Habakkuk is uh, uh, watching uh, his life change and his environment change, and he's questioning God. He, he's wondering, well, what's going on here, God, and where are you, and how come this is happening? And right now, somebody has something that's making a noise. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's, I'm trying to find that back up. I'm sorry. Let me put it on mute. Okay. Uh, so, anyway, um, he... Uh, He's questioning God about what's going on here. And, and so uh, when we look at this, it's a prayer, it's a Psalms. We're looking at the third chapter of Habakkuk. And this is such a short book, you might want to go back at some time and read the whole thing. And uh, it may not be as exciting as the book of Acts, but it certainly helps us to relate to what's going on with us right now in this world. So uh, we are asking God, many of us, why is this happening? Why are you letting us go through this pandemic? Why uh, people that have not been able to go to their businesses and go to their jobs because of the quarantine are asking questions and we that are saved are saying, Lord, could we hurry up and get this over with? So, you know, Habakkuk is asking these questions. And so I'm going to read from chapter one uh, down to where we're really going to start, which is verse 17. So it's uh, it's a while uh, that uh, you'll listen to me. And I hope you're using a translation that is understandable because sometimes King James is kind of difficult to follow. But Oh, go ahead. So verse 1 of chapter 3 says, O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. So he's asking God to remember mercy in this time that we're going through. Remember mercy. And right now, Many of us are asking God that same question. Will you remember us as we're going through this this time of pandemic and then we're going through this time of uh, uh, election and just lots of stuff going on. So it says in verse 3, the Holy One from Mount, Mount Parak, uh, he his glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise, and his brightness was like the light, and he had rays flashing from his hand, and there his power was hidden. Before him went pestilence, and fever followed at his feet, and he stood and measured the earth, and he looked and startled the nations and the everlasting mountains were scattered and the perpetual hills bowed and his ways are everlasting. I saw the tents of cushion in affliction, the curtains of the land of Midian tremble. O oh Lord, were you displeased with the rivers? 
Was your anger against the rivers? Was your wrath against the sea that you rode on your horse, your chariots of salvation? Your bow was made quite ready. Oaths were sworn over your arrows. You divided the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and trembled. The overflowing of the water passed by. The deep uttered its voice and lifted its hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their habitation. At the light of your arrows they went, and at the shining of your glittering sword, spear, you marched through the land in indignation. You trampled the nations. You went forth for the salvation of your people, for salvation with you anointed. You struck the head from the... <clears throat> from the, excuse me, from the house of the wicked by laying bare from foundation to net. So actually, I'm going to drop down to verse 17, and I'm going to read through verse 19, because that's where my text really is. Though the fig tree may not blossom, no fruit be on the vines, Though the labor of the olive may fall, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me walk on my high heels. And that's what we want to concentrate on. Because he's saying no matter what goes on, no matter what is going on, no matter what it looks like, I'm going to believe you. And that's where we are, ladies and gentlemen, this morning. We have got to keep our eye on the Lord. We have got to stay focused on him. And no matter if we wake up in the morning and we did that and it was dark like night and then it turned orange all day, we knew that God was on the throne. We have to know that because there were many who thought, as they said, quote unquote, is this the end of the world? But we know the whole story because it's right here in our book. Uh, that we win at the end and that we'll be taken away from this earth <coughs> before its destruction. We know that. And so my neighbor, who is a, a wonderful Polynesian lady, I saw her a couple of days after that day of darkness because that's what I called it. When I woke up that morning and my alarm went off, I now set the alarm for years. I never used an alarm clock. But in my 80th, 81st year, I'm using uh, an alarm clock. And so I had set that clock, and it went off uh, because I get up and take Sarah out. Uh, and I looked at my window in my bedroom, and it looked like it was still dark. But my clock was saying 7 o'clock. And I knew that at 7 o'clock, it should be daylight. But there wasn't uh, real daylight 
And so then I got up and I said, well, Lord, I don't know what's going on here, but come on, Sarah, let's go. We went outside and I was outside and I could not believe what I was seeing. But you see, the thing is, is that uh, I know that God is still on the throne. And I knew that I was still on earth. So, you know, whatever's going to happen, I know that I'm ready. I'm ready because God has <laughs> already saved me. And, you know, I, I just knew that that was okay. So as the day went on, of course, you know, I realized that <laughs> there was a scientific explanation for what was going on. But you see, us that believe in spiritual things know that God likes to show us a thing or two. But anyway, we're looking here at this Habakkuk, and and he's going through, they're going through, Judah's going through a terrible thing, and here he is trying to find out, God, where are you in the midst of this, old, this whole thing? So he says in that scripture, uh, uh, in the midst of this, remember mercy. Remember mercy, God. Please remember that we are your people. Don't forget that in the midst of this thing that's going on. And so when I read this in the Living Translation, I'm just going to read from uh, 14, I think, down to uh, 19. It says, with his own weapons, you destroyed the chief of those who rushed out like a whirlwind, thinking Israel would be easy prey. You trampled the sea with your horses and the mighty waters flied high. I trembled inside when I heard this. My lips quivered with fear. My legs gave way beneath me and I shook in terror. I will wait quietly for the coming day when disaster will strike the people who invade us. So he's expecting God to do something about this situation. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vine. Even though the olive crops fall and the fields lie empty and bare, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God of my, the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. And so, again, I just wanted you to hear that he is not crying, uh, saying, oh, what's going to happen to us? We don't have no food. Oh, what's going to happen to us? Those people are coming into our land, and they're invading us, and they're taking us captives. Oh, Lord, he's just whining. He's not whining. He's just reinforcing the fact that no matter what goes on, God is still on the throne. And that is what we need to get a hold of. Because when things happen to us, we just fall apart. Oh, Lord, what am I going to do about this? Oh, Lord, what am I going to do about that? Oh, God, how am I going to pay the rent? And God, you know, I just got this, uh, bought this furniture and blah, blah, blah. We go on and on and on. But no matter what's going on, God is still present. He is still on the throne. And I like to say that to people because we forget that he is God. 
and he has all power in his hands and that nothing is too difficult for him to do for us. And so when it looks like there's nothing to be done, here comes God. And so I'm writing this book or I'm sharing now that we have come to the place where we're now uh, going to uh, switch the manuscript from voice to text and then we will publish and uh, in this book there will be a chapter that we call the but god chapter and the but god chapter is the chapter where i'm able to share about the miracles and the signs and the wonders that god has caused to come about in my ministry in this ministry that you all are a part of in this experience that god has taken me through as a minister of the gospel and 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 if there are so many but god experiences that i share and i was thinking this morning you know i don't know where your place is that god can really get your attention but mine seems to be in the shower and so i go to my shower every morning expecting god to have a conversation with me, not only there, but that's the start of our day. And so this morning, he was bringing back that whole thing about that I just told you about, about how I came back to California with no place to live. And I came back to California in that must ate one Mustang, and it was packed. I could not move. And I, as I drove back from Oklahoma by myself because my brother uh, Gertis had driven to Oklahoma with me. That was three years prior to, prior to this experience. And here I am having to drive back to California by myself. Here I am with a car full of everything uh, that I could carry in my car. And so there's no place to sit in that car but the driver's seat. So when I pulled over to a rest place or uh, one night I slept behind a motel in their parking lot, uh, I had to sit in that driver's seat and sleep and, because there was nowhere else for me to sleep in that car. And I just didn't try to get a room. I just slept in that car and asked God to protect me and from whatever was out there in the dark. And when I woke up, I, I shared this experience uh, in the book, I think, but if I didn't, I'm sharing it with you now. When I woke up, I had asked God before I went to sleep, I said, Lord, put legions of angels in this car now so that nobody will harm me while I'm out here trying to get this nap before we try to get to California. I was in Arizona at the time. And, uh, and I woke up and it was like there was somebody else in the car with me, but it wasn't a human somebody. And, uh, and I kept looking back at the back seat that was just full of, of blankets and whatever else <laughs> that was back there. And I just kept saying, I feel so refreshed. And it was like I wanted to talk to whoever was in the back seat. I just feel so refreshed. <laughs> and I laughed to myself and I thought, well, God, you did what I asked you to do. It's some angels in here because I sense the presence of uh, divine in this car is the only way I could explain it. And then I said, I'm hungry and drove around the corner from this 
this parking lot of this hotel and what's sitting there but the golden arches of McDonald's. So I could have coffee, I had a little light breakfast and got on the road. So you see, God brought that back to me this morning because we always want to just have that drama. What am I going to do? Oh, Lord, this is happening. What am I going to do? And so Habakkuk is saying what we probably have said in a different kind of way. I don't care what happens. He said if, you know, the flowers don't bloom, the trees don't, whatever, I trust you. I trust you because you are God. And that's what we want to see this morning. We want to see the faith that this prophet had. Now, it's some more to this, but, you know, God showed me that book, like I say, when I came, really showed it to me because, of course, I had had it in Bible college, but really showed me what this man, this Habakkuk, this prophet is saying when I came back here and had to start all over again. And I was not a teenager coming home from college. I was uh, almost 50 years old, coming back to uh, no place to live, coming back to start all over again. And God had already given me instructions about starting ministry, doing all of that from scratch. And when I look back on it now, I just have to laugh because, you know, one of the things that happens or happened to me in my Rhema experience was I was full of faith when I came back here. And I was actually full of faith when I left here. God kept calling me to fast after fast during my planning to go to Rhema. And so it was good that that happened. Because when I got to Oklahoma and thought my house was already sold, but didn't realize that the realtor was a crook that my brother played basketball with, and he got the paperwork all messed up and was scared to close because he had done something illegal and it would cause his license to be taken from him. And so my house was in escrow for nine months. Escrow is 45 days, and that's to close the sale of the property. And uh, he was afraid to close. I finally had to get a lawyer to uh, get him to do his job. And, uh, and so for nine months, I walked by faith, really walked by faith, because I didn't work. I think I worked. At the last month before the house closed, I did some market research, which I had done at, uh, in California uh, for a part-time job. So I did some market research, but God allowed me to be full-time in Raymond, and I had a place to live, and I had food to eat, and I never had experienced that because I had worked for many, many years and supported uh my children, I, when I was a single parent, I supported my children. I never was on any kind of assistance. And here I am down in Oklahoma where I have no family, nobody, and I'm not working. I'm going to school full time. My, my, my brother rented out my house until that sale closed. And ironically, you all will laugh. I was talking about this the other day to, to somebody. 
that uh, I later on found out that Nate Gardner was in my house while I while it was rented out. He was my tenant. I never did know that until Vicky connected the dots that that house on Illinois and that he rented that house. And so I chuckled about that. A real divine appointment <laughs> with somebody, I'm not sure who. But anyway, uh, I just need to help you all see this. What this prophet is saying is what we have to remember in these days uh, that we're going through right now. In these days when, you know, we don't know everything. Uh, that's going on. We know what the news tells us. We know what we see on our places of employment. Everybody should be wearing a mask. We have not had that. And we have some disobedient people who don't want to do that. And then we have to take proper uh, precautions. I, I was invited on on last week to join the ministers uh, in this area, both the uh, Caucasian uh, ministers of all ethnic groups, let me say it that way, to come together to talk about how we can help with this uh, racism that has arisen so big again. You know, it's been subtly done, but now it's just blatant and we're having people shot in the back and all of this stuff. And so, you know, the question is, what is the church going to do? You know, it's always about what is the church going to do? So anyway, here we are. Uh, and I'm trying to go to this meeting. Well, they had put the chairs of the church out in the parking lot. And uh, it was held over there at that church on the corner of Okana and Pulkas, not Mount Olive, but uh, the Church of God in Christ across the street. And I ended up running a little late. And when I got there, of course, it was no place to park. And finally, I just came back home because I just decided I was getting too stressed out <coughs> looking for a park. So I texted the pastor that had invited me and I said, you know what, whatever y'all doing, count me in. Uh, I can't find the park. I got delayed, and so I'm late. So just keep me posted. And, uh, you know, that would not have happened in, uh, in the regular situation because they have a beautiful parking lot there, but the parking lot was full of chairs, you see. And then we have to distance ourselves and all these things are going on that we never had to do, not in my lifetime. So most of you, I think everybody else is younger than I am. I'm the elder here, I'm the senior, and it's never happened in your lifetime either. So here we're looking at Habakkuk and he, what he's going through and we can relate to this and we need to understand that whatever's going on in our life today, God is still on the throne. So we need to, when we feel like we're slipping, when we feel like we're losing faith, when we feel like uh, God is not there, we need to remember Habakkuk. And we can even go back to that scripture and we can read what he said to God. Well, we can say it to God. We can say what he said. He said uh, that my legs give way beneath me and I shook in terror 
He said, I will wait quietly for the coming day when disaster will strike the people who invade us. You see, he was expecting God to do something. And that's what we need to understand, is that what we can't do, God can do. And we need to learn to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and mean it, saints. We have to mean that. We have to know that our God is a great God. Our God is a powerful God. And he sent Jesus to Calvary to make sure that we would be included in his family (laughs) and that whatever goes on, he's going to take care of us. So he goes on again. I want to read this to you. He says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms, and there are no grapes on the vine. And you see, this was a farming area. These people depended on the produce and the cattle that they raised uh, to take care of their needs. They didn't have a secular job. They didn't have any unemployment benefits or any of them, no retirement, no social security. They didn't have any of that. So he said, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there's no grapes on the vine, even though the olive crop fails. You see, olives were a big deal in that time in the history of the, of, of, uh, the Bible. And we, you know, olive oil is a very precious commodity. And even today, you know, we are recommended to use uh, olive oil in our cooking. It's healthy for us. And see, they depended on that. He's talking about the fruit and he's talking about the fig trees. And when I think about fig trees, we lived in a big house in Redwood City. My mother uh, had this big house. And we had fig trees in the front yard, fig trees in the backyard. And you want to see a mess when those figs aren't picked and they start falling on the ground and the flies and the what have you. So, you know, uh, I'm not all that excited about figs, but he talks about that. And he said, and the fields lie empty and barren. And even though the flocks died, the cattle are dying now in the fields. And he said, the cattle barns are empty. They don't have no meat. He said, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. He said, I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer and able to tread upon the heights. And the commentary says in this book Bible that I'm using, this prayer is to be accompanied by stringed instruments. So you see, it would play music along with the prayer. So it was considered a psalm. You know, all of the psalms are songs. I don't know if y'all understand that. And so we're taught about the the. The, the makeup of the book, the Bible, uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And then we talk about the poetic books. And I believe that this book is a poetic book. Uh, so it means that it's a musical book. It's a song book. And so uh, this man was praying, but his prayer was accompanied by music. And that is the way we need to understand worship. Worship is accompanied by prayer. Worship 
is uh, and it, excuse me, worship is in includes prayer and accompanied by music, and the music stirs up the spirit of God. When you really get into some good worship, it causes the spirit you entertain the holy spirit and of course you know last time i was teaching i was teaching about the holy spirit there's so much that needs to be taught to people about worship and about how the holy how you entertain the holy spirit and how you cause the spirit of god to be manifested and I see my deacon there, and I really want to tell the story about how God revived her uh, at a at a conference we went to. And I'm, it's too long to tell. It's really too long to tell. But this woman was still borderline in her walk with the Lord. I'll say that. And uh, we went to this conference down in Sacramento outside of Sacramento, actually, in a wayward place that was a, a, a retreat for the Assembly of God at this retreat. So we went out there, and I was invited uh, by my alumni brother and sister who had a church in Sacramento. And so I took a group of women uh, to their women's uh, retreat. And Deacon was a part of that, and she was still borderline in her walk with the Lord. So she got down there and showed out. And, you know, I had to pray. But that morning, the next morning after we were there, I'm laughing right now. Uh, they had, I think it was 6 o'clock prayer. And I made her, I literally made her get up and come to prayer. <laughs> and so we went into the to the assembly room. This is a room full of praying women. I mean, some go-getters, some prayer warriors was in that group. <laughs> and so I'm one to like to sit in on the front seat. So there were two seats by this sister that was digging all her heels in, praying in tongues, and then these two seats. And so I put Deacon Carlin between me and this woman. I don't even know who the sister, what the sister's name was, but she was going for it in prayer. And I put her between us and started praying. Well, when I finally opened up my eyes, she Carlin had disappeared. I said, oh, no, she didn't. She just left out here. Well, then we dismissed from prayer. We're going to breakfast, and Lord have mercy, here is this wonderful deacon that I have outside, standing on the steps, just praying, just praising the Lord, the, the speaking in tongues with the evidence of the Holy Spirit and tears going everywhere. And I just had to laugh. I said, God, you are just all right. You are on time. You have just done the work that I couldn't do. So praise God. Uh, you know, and I laugh about that. But let me tell you, God shows up and he shows out. And so wherever we are, he is and so whatever's going on in our lives today how no matter how it looks 
God is. And he is still God, and he is still on the throne, and whatever we need, he has it. And so all we have to do is just surrender ourselves like Habakkuk did, and he said, I don't care what happens, what happens, what happens, I'm going to trust you. And that's what we need to say. So with that said, praise God. I just love you all this morning. I thank God for you. And you can go back and read this this whole little book. It's a short book. It's only, I think it's only three chapters. Yeah, it's only three chapters. And you can go back and read that for yourself. But I just want to encourage you this morning. Whatever's going on in your life, if you will give it to God, he can handle it. And he will work it out. And he will make sure it gets done. And you'll be all right. No matter what the situation is, you'll be all right. So, praise God. We're going to get ready to dismiss. I don't think we have anybody with us that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. So, uh, because of that, I'm not going to give an invitation. If you need special prayer, text me and I will be happy to pray for you. And as I talk about prayer, y'all, we still meet at 7 o'clock every night for prayer. God has not released me from that. And I continue to invite you and notify you because I have to be obedient to God. And we do try to keep our prayer to about an hour and a half. That's not bad. Uh, we do other things for more than an hour and a half and don't feel a pain. So I'm letting you know we're still praying at 7. And tonight, of course, we won't because we've had service. And we have Bible study on Wednesday, and it's really good. You can just turn on, uh, get your phone on Zoom, and you don't have to say anything. You could just follow along. We're in the book of Daniel. And that's an amazing book. Daniel was a prophet in exile, and God did some amazing things with him. We read about how, you know, the three uh, Hebrew boys were put into the furnace, and the fire was so hot, the person that put them in there got burned, but not a hair on their head was singed. And now we're looking at the change of the guard with the kings and how the handwriting was on the wall. It's just really exciting. You need to join us. So that's Wednesday at 7 o'clock. So with nothing else that I have to say, I'm saying I want you to have a beautiful day today. And uh, I love you all. And thank you for your faithfulness. And your, even in your giving, you all are faithful. And I thank you for that. And uh, we're God's God's still on the throne. We're standing in faith for those of you that want to buy property to be able to do that. We're praying about that and standing in faith. And uh, we're standing in faith that God's going to give us another location. We love Free at Last, and Free at Last will forever be 